podcast hosting provided by Transistor. If you want to host your own show, head over to Transistor.fm and start a 14-day free trial. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. This is the second part of a two-part series, the New York Double Header, Formula E. Media of the week, we are going to skip and go straight into race two of the New York E-Prix. Chris, qualifying. We see an unlikely pole sitter in Alexander Sims. How impressed were you with him? Alexander Sims. What a guy. What a guy. The thing is, Sims has had such an unlucky season. He's, he was fast in pre-season testing. He had a difficult debut in Adiria. Then Barrakesh, we really saw him challenging at the front. Since then, n- nothing. Not a sausage. Not a sausage. Yeah, he was in Superfoot. <laughs> Not a sausage. Love that. He, he was in Superfoot for race one in New York. And then he just made a mistake in his um, uh, final Superfoot lap. And then he got into Superfoot for race two. You know, he delivered. He did deliver and got pulled. And it was a it was a it was a key moment for Alexander Sims. Because as far as I'm aware, he doesn't have a, a deal for next season with BMW Iron Dread Motorsport. And he really needed a good good set of results uh, this weekend. He got P four in race one, which was his equaled his best finish in Formula E today. And then, you know, he got pole position for the final race of the season. And that really does play show, you know, on his day, Alexander Sims can be really quick. So yeah, much needed, much needed. Absolutely. It was, it was definitely much needed uh, because Robin Freins, he really wanted that uh, nine hundreds away. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good qualifying session for Robin Freins as well. He was 0.091 seconds, 0.95 seconds away from Sims. At the close of the, the close of the session, and um, a really really important qualifying session for the Dutchman, because for the past few races, Sims sorry not Sims, well Sims has been unlucky, but Robert Fries in particular, he's had an absolute nightmare recently. Um, four consecutive races of not um, well failing to finish inside the top ten, and for most of them actually just failing to finish, with a lot of the incidents not even being his fault. So, yeah, we don't have to yeah. think back too far to getting hit and burn and just, yeah, that was him out. Mm-hmm. So it, was, um, it would have been uh, confidence-inspiring for uh, France to get it up there in the second row as well. Uh, we see Sebastian Buemi up there as well, very, very close, yeah. uh, 0.112. Uh, then Sam Bird, Stoffel Van Dorn, uh, Stoffel Van Dorn, he's just impressed all the way through the season. And Daniel Apt. Yeah, and qualifying for the second, well, the final race of the season was, it was actually really important. It was pivotal in the championship, believe it or not. Because to remain in title contention, Sebastian Buemi had to take pole position. He tried his best. And he quali- yeah, he tried his best and he qualified in third. He was uh, just over 110 behind Sims in the final final run of things and this this left me quite sad because 
waking up on Sunday morning, the first thing that I thought about was the championship. And even though Vern had a... It's good you, good you got your priorities. Yeah, exactly. I've got my priorities right. Uh, and Vern, even though Vern had a 26-point advantage in the title over Boemi, I had firm belief that Boemi held the momentum and could very well win the championship. If he was able to get pole position in this race, and if we were able to see a, another bonkers race like Race World was, then he could very easily cause a major upset. But yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, and he qualified in third. So I, I was quite sad for Boemi. Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen for Boemi. And he only qualified in third, so he couldn't win the title. So the race quite quiet compared to the first race. Uh, Robin Frains had a start that was pretty poor due to the fact he was on the wrong side of the racetrack and it was a bit dusty and dirty over there. And loses a place straight off the start. Buemi uh, had a yeah foot to the floor, wanted the win anyway. Uh, Frains then, he put some amazing moves on Buemi and Sims. I mean, Bird, one of the best overtakers in the business, but both of those overtakes from Robin Frains. They definitely compare to, to some of the best overtakes this season. Yeah, Robin Franz was a man on a mission in race two. He, uh, he saw the opportunity for the race win, and he, he really did go for it. He really did go for it. And he, he was hungry. The Envision Virgin team were in a bit of a rut. They had a, they've had a very fast car all season, and through poor love, they found themselves out of out of contention, didn't they? Yeah, they did, unfortunately. Yeah. And it was a chance for them to end the season on a high, uh, with a win, get their morale back up ahead of their um, test programs and you know, um, preparation for season six. What a drive from Frank. So he was incredible in race two. He was, yeah, very solid, very solid. And also, more crucially, staying above Nissan in the championship. Yeah. So with Frines winning the race and Sam Bird finishing P4, Envision Virgin beat Nissan the third of the team's championship by one point. One point. Yeah, doesn't matter how you do it. So close, though. Oof. Yep, so uh, the final race, Robin Frines, a great race. He just basically just checked out after he got to the front. Um, Alexander Sims in second, I think. Good for Sims. He needed that. He needed a podium uh, after starting on pole. Sebastian Buemi in third. Sam Bird fourth. Apton fifth. Roland Verne. Coming in seventh, uh, Van Dorn, De Costa, and Paffett. What happened to Degrassi and Evans? Because you would expect that those two would be up in, in the top ten. So, Chris, I'll let you talk about this one. And I think. Um, I think Evans was in a bit of trouble and was trying to get out of the way of Degrassi. Did you see it any differently? Oh, for me, that he always goes out of the way, doesn't it? That the final lap, the final race of the season, and we saw Mitch Evans and Lucas Degrassi make contact in turn 11 out of turn 14, so one of the final corners of the season. They both made contact and crashed out from P6 and P7. And that was the major blow of the championship, of course. But it, coming out of turn 10, it looked like Mitch Evans did have a problem. 
Pixie was quite slow, and Degrassi did close up to him. And then Degrassi kind of nudged Evan slightly. Try to get around. Evans hit Degrassi again. Oh, well, then they just careered into the barriers, really. It actually reminded me of... Uh, do you remember the 2017 Paris Prix? Where Degrassi, and it might have been Antonio Felix da Costa. It might have been Antonio Felix da Costa. But the two of them crashed uh, in Paris. And it was a very similar incident. So um, Degrassi was up the in, went up the inside, tried to overtake, then the driver on the outside, it was one of the Andretti drivers, I'm sure, um, turned in, put Degrassi in the wall, and both of them crashed down like the final lap. And it had like, echoes of that. But um, I think it was Mitch Hamilton's fault, realistically. Oh, that's, that's hard, I think. <laughs> I think Mitch Evans either had a problem, but he also had 2% of energy left and probably was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to do something special to uh, finish this. Yeah, precisely. It was, mm, I'm not sure, there's a fine line, isn't there? But Evans slowed and it was Degrassi's fault for the initial contact. But then Evans turned in on Degrassi, that's the only thing. But I'm not sure if he was trying to let Degrassi through or not, and that's, it was just a mix-up and a muddle-up. It was a bit messy. Well, they both went at the wall. It was, you know, it, uh, it was a way to end the final lap of the final race of the season, wasn't it? The crash. <laughs> and it just goes to show, you know, I mean, you can, you can be as close as you want to, but you've got to finish the race. Mm, you've got to finish the race in Formula E. That's, it's the point and the consistency that counts in Formula E. And uh, what an end to the season. What a season. It's what a season, actually. I tweeted out, it's got to be the best season yet. Oh, hands down. And what what an introduction of the Gen 2 car. You know, we've got Porsche next season. We've got HWA morphing into Mercedes. It's just going to be, you know, more cars, probably similar tracks. It's just going to be just more carnage. It's, it's entertaining as anything. Oh, honestly, with this season, in Adderia, BMW, well, De Costa just won the race. And uh, Vern finished in second, having recovery from a drive-through penalty. And we had Deastrita running in 1-2 just before we got the penalties. And everyone said at the end of that race, Deastrita are the fastest team, it's going to be a total walkover. How wrong we were. <laughs> Well, I just, I think, you know, some of my predictions at the start of the season, and that's what they are, their predictions, you know, you've got no clue, uh, especially with some of the new drivers coming in, uh, how's Roland going to adapt, what's, what's Lotterer going to look like in the championship this season after looking promising at the back end of last season, Evans, Jaguar, um, Robin Frains coming in, obviously not a rookie, but um, doesn't have the experience of Bird, uh, I mean, it was... Yeah, uh, incredible. And we'll go to the final standings. Uh, the top 10. Jean-Eric Verne, 136. Buemi, stealing second with 119 points. Uh, Degrassi, 108. Frains, hauling himself up after not scoring for about four rounds before this. 106 points. Mitch Evans, 105. DaCosta, 99. Daniel Apt on 95, 86 for Lotterer, 85 Bird, and Roland 71. The rest of them, um, I expected 
at least uh, one of the Mahindras in the top 10. Yeah. You know, I think uh, Lotterer, I expected him to be a bit further up in the standings, but it just didn't happen for him in the last few races. Yeah, Lotterer had... Well, he was so unlucky, wasn't he? Um, he, was, he was very pacey at the start of his season. And there was a point where we were thinking... There was a point where we were thinking that Lotterer could win the title. We had... Um, I think it was Toby who tweeted in and said, I think Lotterer will get the championship without winning a race this season. And he was, he was in the title fight, but he, has, he failed to finish inside the top ten on a single occasion in the final four races. It's just poor, it's pure um, lack of luck. Well, actually, a lot of it was his fault, perhaps. Well, some of it, but it's a 50-50 split, really. In uh, Berlin... Yeah, some yeah. of it was Bird's fault. <laughs> yeah, in Berlin, we, he had his battery yeah. failure. Um, yeah. In Bern, he got a penalty for failing to acknowledge the pit lane lights, which was his fault. In race one, um, he was caught up in both pilots, sadly, not his fault. But then in race two, he did cause the accident with Lopez at the start of the race, uh, which was his fault. Um, so it's a 50-50 split on that, but yeah, a really bitter end to the season for Andre Lodera. It's not the way he would have wanted to end that at all. He would have been wanting to get that first win, really, and that didn't manifest, did it? No, absolutely not. Um, now, I'll let you read out the team's championship. You're very kind. So after 13 races of... Hard-fought racing. It was uh, Diaz de Chita who came out and topped in the team standings, taking 222 points. And they beat Audi Sport App, Schaeffler, to the top spot, with Audi ending as the second-best team at the end of the season with 203. As we've already mentioned, Envision Virgin Racing got a podium finish in the team standings, uh, beating uh, Nissan by only one point, ending the season on 191, while Nissan was on 190, completing the top four. BMW uh, finished slap bang in the midfield uh, with 156 points, uh, just ahead of Mahindra, who was sixth with 125. After failing to score in the final race of the season, Panasonic Jaguar Racing was seventh with 116 points, well, Venturi Formula E was eighth in what was a break, breakthrough year for them, actually taking their first win, uh, recording 88 points. Uh, HWA Race Lab in their first and last season of Formula E got half the points of Venturi with 44, while GX Dragon uh, managed to secure uh, one of its worst seasons on record by ending the year with 23 points. But for Neo Formula E, it was the, uh, the duck of the championship. And um, they finished in last place in 11th in the standings with only seven points. Not getting out of single figures. That's, yeah, that's unfortunate. Let's hope they can come back for season six a bit stronger. It's a bitter end to what's been a difficult season for Neo. And they'll be glad that the championship's over. Um, Even then they'll have their debriefs to do what went wrong in New York. And they'll just have to start building upon what they've got at the moment. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be in the boardroom. It really, the only way is up. The only way is up. They knew that it was going to be a tough year, though. They did, uh, they did have an idea that it was going to be a really difficult season for them. Whether they knew it would be that difficult, I'm not sure. But very tough year. 
And driver of the day for me, Robin Frains. He's just, just bossed it, basically. Just the hungry Dutchman. Just absolutely dominated. And then checked out at the front. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with you. In all honesty, Robin Frains was the standout driver of the day in race two. Um, a, a number of drivers did a good job. Gary Paffett did a good job actually finishing in the top ten, which was HW's first double point of the season and last ever. But yeah, Frains, Frains, driver of the day for me, fantastic. Two solid overtakes, a dominant win. Um, and you know, he he did get Envision Virgin the uh, team started the team's title where am i a third of the team's championship so i think robin really i'm gonna look for him next season definitely yeah the thing is he beat sam bird in the championship this year and we i mean i know sam bird's had a horrible horrible season uh with so much bad luck he called it the worst point of his career during his uh no score of four races but france has been really impressive and he's definitely showcased himself with competitive machinery he, he really can be a threat which we didn't see at andretti when he was in season uh, was when he was previously in formula e so uh yeah yeah france is going to be a the guy to watch for next season i think before thinking about it too much driver of the season Ooh. oh no you caught me off guard here for me, it's going to be Evans and Frains. So I think those two, yeah, really, uh, both of them outshone their teammates. Lots of points. You know, the championship, they were both title contenders at one point. Yeah, I think they've both done a stellar job. Ev- Evans, Evans has been really good this season. See, there's a number of names shouting out at me. Uh, Max Gunther is one of them. Uh, yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, Max Gunther's been, uh, he's been very good. I'd, I'd probably give him, I might give him rookie of the season, actually, over Oliver Rowland, and Oliver Rowland's been fantastic this year. But with Max Gunther, he's had the Dragon car, which is playing awful. And he missed three races uh, in place for uh, Felipe Nasa. There was contractual disputes. He's had less time in the car than Lopez. And still... He came out on top over Lopez in the Drivers' Championship. He got 20 points, I believe, was the final score uh, for Gunther. And that's a strong result. But oh, that's so hard because the Costa had a breakthrough, yeah, but I wouldn't give him Driver of the Season. Sebastian Buemi's been strong. I think his machinery is a bit better. Yeah. Buemi was strong. I think that machinery, I think that machinery had the had the legs to you know, be in the top three cars. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a massive missed opportunity for Antonio Felix to Costa this year. He'll be quite bitter about it. Um, if he didn't have that crash in Marrakesh, though, he would have been right there, probably. Um, and then the, the disqualification at New York, but the Marrakesh clash was arguably his fault. And he was quite inconsistent in the mid-season point. Yeah, he was. You know, I might... I, I honestly don't know. There's too many names floating around, but Mitch Evans is definitely one of those yeah. names, and so shall it return. Well, we're going to do an award show uh, with Driver of the Year, Most Improved, uh, a teammate battle, Rookie of the Year, etc. So 
Maybe we just uh, save up those for a few episodes time. Yeah, let me think. Can I actually come up with an answer? (laughs) No problem. And so all three trophies this season have gone to Tachita. We've got Jean-Eric Verne winning the Drivers' Championship, also winning the Vastapain European Trophy, and Tachita coming away with the Constructors' Championship. Yeah, you're right. I completely forgot about the Vastapain European European races. That's true. So a complete clean sweep for Tachita. That is... They'll be happy with that. Verne will be happy with that because... The end of last season was so bittersweet. They won that final race in New York and they've lost the team's championship by three points. And they've really uh, they've really uh, taken revenge this season, haven't they, and uh, secured redemption. Yeah, it's a good story. Uh, but now Jean-Eric Verne has a community service punishment for asking for Lotterer to stop on track and cause a safety car. And apparently he asked twice the team in the first uh, in the first race, is this just? I can't actually believe that Jean Eric would ask something like that. It's that's pretty. It's pretty sketchy. Yeah, I remember last night. Um, well, just after the race, I was doing uh, my usual thing of writing many race reports and other things, and I checked the FIA bulletins list and the uh, documents notice, and when I saw that. I was quite surprised. Um, it's what part of me was disappointed, actually. Because, I mean, Vern did win the title. But in race one, he essentially asked Diaz to treat it to tell Andre Lodera to stop on track in order to try and cause a safety car to bunch the field back up. Um, and that's like Nelson Piquet Jr., Fernando Alonso stuff from Formula 1 in 2008. Um, yeah, we won't go into yeah, that. Yeah, I think we've talked about it yeah, before. That's yeah. serious stuff. Um, but you know, DS Chitter didn't reply to him. They refused to acknowledge what he said, which has obviously worked out for them because this. I think this could have been a bit more serious than what it was. Can you imagine it? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what I would do. I'd. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was shocked when I read this. Yeah, it's a. It's a Mm. It's it's one day of community service. I think Max Verstappen uh, got something similar for his little buster with Esteban Ocon. You know, F1 turns into MMA. Bit of excitement for once. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think it takes the shine off the championship, but it's just a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it's it, it's a bit disappointing to hear, isn't it? It doesn't take the shine off Vern's achievements, but it's just a little bit of a downer at the end of the day. And he was able to. Um, argue the case, but he still ended up with that community service thing because it's it's all open to um, interpretation, really, what they meant by it. And because it's quite subjective and not completely concrete, that's why uh, that's probably why it isn't anything more serious. Yeah, it's it's just enough not to not to get a race ban or something. But yeah, that's mm, pretty serious. So. Uh, again, it doesn't take the shine off the achievement, but yeah, very disappointing coming from from such an experienced and a, a guy that that should know mm-hmm. better. He's he's our new champion, isn't he? He's a he is the, he's the best guy on the grid. He's the most successful driver now with uh, the two titles. The first double champion. He says that. 
a shame. Not very sporting. No. But I think I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. And I'd just like to thank everyone for listening this season. It's been fun. Uh I know I've I've had such an amazing uh experience talking with fans and um being able to talk with a lot of people about Formula E. And we've seen our, our download numbers just increasing and and we're really gaining some traction. So thank you, listeners. It's it's really, really encouraging. And, you know, we, we do this out of love for for Formula E and the Jaguar IPAC trophy now as well. And uh, we don't get paid for it, but um, happily do it anyway. So I'd just like to also thank you, Chris. It's been cool bringing you on board. Thank you. Um, and sort of taking up the mantle of, of Nathan, um, who's, yeah, a bit more busy and, and doesn't quite have the have the time these days for the show. But um, I know he still listens, so hello, Nath. Hello. I've only spoken to you once, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to try and have a couple of guests on over the break because it's a relatively short break until November, and I'm sure it'll go quicker than we expect fly by. but um i it'll absolutely fly by um and in a couple of weeks time we're going to have gerard from hit the apex podcast formula one podcast uh, to talk about moto e and um some of the super bikes and his show really interesting it's sort of it's a formula one show mm-hmm. but he also talks about the cricket and about uh, uh the rugby league and he's he's just really loves sports so i'm looking forward to getting him on the show uh, and also in a couple of weeks i am going to be on another show the outlap f1 podcast oh, fantastic i'm i'm already looking for more things to talk about um and get another podcast oh, brilliant yeah and uh while we're here thank you very much for uh, taking me on on the podcast because this is my uh, first venture on any form of airwave um and i've thoroughly enjoyed this it's been really really fun and um me and dina do this for uh our sheer love of formula e and to see the podcast grow the way it has since um the start of the season in particular it's been the growth's been really uh rapid hasn't it it is um yeah it's been insane uh, how much we've grown this season and it's it, it really uh it's it's inspiring, really, and it. Uh, if anything, I think it, it gives us more, more determination and more motivation to keep on going. And um, yeah, I've absolutely loved this this season. So thank you very much, and uh, I can't wait to be back for season six. No, neither can I. Uh, a few shout outs: Huzu Graphics, who's doing some awesome, awesome cover art uh, for the episodes. Um, it is the winning car of the race. Uh, in the background with some significant buildings. He's got the Statue of Liberty in one of our buildings um, for the second round in our episode artwork. So check it out if you have a podcast uh, player or podcatcher that uh, allows different artwork. Um, Also to uh, make covers for our logo. Um, She's awesome. So go and support her at make underscore covers on Twitter. Uh, Also to Danelle Armour for, again, allowing us to use his awesome music as our soundtrack uh and yeah there's there's lots of people but thank you listeners 
It's, it's always a pleasure. And I think this is one thing I actually look forward to probably the most uh, just after the race. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, after writing feature after feature, article after article, I'm always looking forward to getting up and record this because it's so fun, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah, it's really, really cool. So if you would like to come and chat to us, especially over the break where we'll probably just record one when this news or, um, yeah, if you'd like to come on, we would love to talk with you. You can get in touch at hello at regenracingpodcast.com. Uh, there's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are all over the all over the internet. Yeah, get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. And with that, goodbye. Goodbye for season five. Adios.